Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Full Gear Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture, as we look ahead to this weekend's AEW Full Gear pay-per-view. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we review AEW Dynamite, AEW Rampage, Raw, SmackDown, NXT 2.0. Oh! Pay-per-views, we have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course on WrestleCulture. As I said, they're joined by Hamlet to look ahead to tonight's Full Gear pay-per-view. And as I forgot to do a wrap on the AW Rampage preview, mm-hmm. I thought I'd do an extra special one here for the pay-per-view. God. So, here we go. <coughs> <laughs> oh, no. It's finally here, Full Gear 2021. Whatever happens, I hope they all have fun. Punk, Kingston, the super click. If this was an ice cream, I'd take a lick. (laughs) (laughs) Baker, Conti, who emerges as a hero? And who wins between Danielson and Miro? To keep order, this show might need the police. And we've got a street fight in Minneapolis. (laughs) This card is great. All killer, no filler. Darby versus MJF. Who's the best pillar? Will our Omega and Paige be a match heaven sent? And like Mark says... Thoughts? Not a single one left in my head. <laughs> what is? Can we wrap the podcast up? <laughs> so anyway, enjoy <laughs> my page becoming world champion. We'll be back to review it on Monday. Climax. In climax of the biggest story in wrestling. And you have sullied its underpants with that skid mark of an introduction. If this was an ice cream. I'd give it a look. Oh, God, I've transported in both the way you said I'd give it a lick and the mention of ice cream to the episode of that Peter Kay thing where he sells <laughs> ice cream out the front window and blue movies out the back. <laughs> I'd give it a lick. Anyway, how are you feeling about Full Gear tonight? I was really excited. <laughs> I was absolutely buzzing before we walked in here. Um, right, let me let me try and compose some thoughts. Because you certainly have already composed something. <laughs> no, Cosm excited, really excited. Um, it's so AW's pay per views before All Out 
came with a side order of Dread. Because no matter how good the storylines <laughs> were, you thought, oh, this is going to go too long. Oh, every match is going to get five minutes. Everything's going to feel too bloated to love it as much as you really want to. And, of course, they were cursed with predominantly taking place in the pandemic era as well, which we are we're not out of the pandemic, but we're out of the pandemic era. Um, all out was set the bar really high. I don't necessarily full gear, uh, expect full gear to reach the heights of All Out, but the peaks will be that little bit taller if everything goes to plan. And it's a plan that you would hope that it will go to because AEW have earned it. They've, mm. earned, they've earned the good graces and the universe being on their side and the booking that we want to see paid off, be paid off in such a satisfying fashion. Just quickly, because obviously I know we're going to go into this match by match, but what Full Gear should do, hopefully, which All Out could have done and multiple Dynamites have done if you've been watching all this time, but this should be the show where afterwards there will no longer be this, and I understand how the culture of hot takes fosters this, but there should no longer be the worry that if one week on Dynamite you can see what a character is doing for the the benefit of their long-term story, Mm. but you're a bit frustrated with the short-term gains, you should no longer worry about that. Anyone that is still left worried about, for example, CM Punk's long-term story, after Full Gear, have just lived through the payoff of one two-year feud. So they should be able to look at it and see right, this is actually just two or three months into a two-year story, Mm. and look at what a good job they did of paying off this long-term one. That is one of my big hopes for the big takeaways from Full Gear, is the feeling that everything else that's feeling like it might be taking a long time or feeling like you've got to be patient for will be worth it in the end because of the events of Full Gear 2021, unless they listen to an old tag team champion wrestler and go for the heat instead. Yeah. I, I think we both agree it's only going one way, that main event. But we'll get to that in due course. Uh, let's run through the card and get your thoughts on all the matches. Quickly, on the uh, kickoff, on the pre-show, whatever you want to call it, Nyla Rose and Jamie Hayter versus Kara Shida and Thunder Rose. It feels like a straightforward one, that as well. I think so. Um, is there no story, or is this loosely TBS tournament adjacent? Because Nyla Rose, you fancy have quite a big run in this tournament, you know? And uh, there's not really... The thing is, there's never any story for these buy-in women's matches, and then often they end up delivering. Yeah. So, like, Thunder Rose is this big star who's having these great matches, who is, like, super warmly received. Uh, Nyla Rose will probably be a favourite to beat an injured Hikaru Shida. So you've got two at least reasonably well-booked acts coming together. I just think the baby faces win. Yeah. A nice start to the night. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, right, let's start. I'll try and do this from the reverse of the Wikipedia page, and then we can conclude with the uh, world title match. Uh, so we start <laughs> with a match that allegedly was going to be a fatal four-way at one point, which means three people would have been cheered and Cody would have been there as well. <laughs> Pack and Cody Rhodes versus Malachi Black and Andrade El Idolo. A weird build to this, and I sense an interesting match nevertheless. Ah, it's a strange one. It doesn't feel like a pay-per-view match, this, does it? It's got a real... Like, this is not the insult that it would be if it was WB, but it's got a dynamite stench about it, this match. And what I mean by that is it's just the stakes don't exist beyond the fact that Cody is in it. Um, not to degradate the other three, but you think, oh, what's, what are you doing here? You know, is this is, is part of Cody's story that he's telling at the moment that I will not turn? Is the idea that Cody is mindful that a lot of the crowd don't like him, but not all of them do? So is he going to keep saying, I will not turn until 100% of the crowd hate him? And then he doesn't need to because he has turned. He's just the last person to realise it. Will it come here? He's. It's odd for Cody to be teaming with somebody that isn't in the Nightmare family and factory. And that's interesting. I like I like the sort of the, the uniqueness of... 
Cody having to step outside of the comfort zones of the Elite in the Nightmare Factory. So, but I don't expect it to end well because AW protects the legitimacy of friendships and stables and Andrade and Alistair Black, weird as it is, are in one. And they can coexist. They can coexist. Um, I don't know if you know, guys, Tony Khan alluded to it, but they happen to have shared a similar relationship with a woman. No, I shouldn't say that. Not a similar relationship with a woman. They both know a woman yeah. that you know very well. They know her very well, too. Let's just leave it at that, shall we? I don't <laughs> want to say too more about this mystery woman. But um, And I hope that uh, the association with her does not affect Andrade like it did with all of the stables that she had with him overall. <laughs> yeah. yeah, otherwise that might actually, these might suck and lose. No, I expect the Heels to win. Um, and perhaps... The goal of this is Cody versus Pac as the next program. Yeah. And Cody saying, I will not turn. And more and more people siding with Pac because he's... Siding with the bastard. Yeah, like infinitely more likable. Yeah, a bastard is more likable than you is actually a pretty cool way to go, I think. Um, See, I would expect the heels to win. If only because Cody got that last win over Alistair Black and this... I can't believe this is still going on, but it kind of gives Alistair Black the draw line under it victory over Cody. Um... (laughs) I just don't feel good about it. I don't feel good about that match. I think the, I think the match is going to be great. I was talking about this uh, with Andy on the news and said, you've got two, two singles feuds that have produced great matches mm. and just chucking all four of them in. So you'd have to, I think you'd struggle to have a bad match with these guys, but I completely agree. Unfortunately, Pack and Cody are, are losing this it's, one. It's fitting that we talk about this first because there's one of three things that I think could go on first in this match. And I'm making that prediction based completely on the vanity of the performers involved. Yes. <laughs> one in the hot start. Cody's match is one of them. Uh, let's continue upwards because if we talk about turns. I think this might be the, the scene of another turn. Christine Cage and Jurassic Express versus the Super Click. Feels like it's time to, to have the Christine Cage Jungle Boy feud. What do you think? Well, I think this is another match that I think could open because I think there you've got the um, Adam Cole baby entrance as a super hot start. You've got uh, the Young Bucks knowing that this isn't a tag team title match that's so going to feel a bit less prestigious. But if they can go out there and steal the show in the opener, then that keeps everybody, you know, thinking about them as, you know, main event concerns as great as the Young Bucks are. I The Super Click should win. Um, yeah. So, yes, I see what you're saying about the, the turn possibly coming. I'm not so sure this is the night. I think um, it's almost like during the wound-licking period, Christian Cage will stew on a bad night for himself and Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. And I could well see the turn coming as a result of the defeat, but maybe not on the night. Superclick winning here, of course, uh, justifies... Adam Cole's placement with the books instead of Kenny Omega, and it furthers this idea that he believes himself to be the key to all of this, the best wrestler in the world, the guy that is better for the young books than Kenny Omega ever was, and all that sort of stuff. So you're strengthening the super click with a win here. You're weakening Christian's relationship with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, all that good stuff. And the match will rule because it's... What they've done here, which I quite like, is the six, the trios match with weapons and plunder is more interesting than the separate two matches. Mm. I feel like we've got everything we needed out of that dynamite match between the Bucks and Jurassic Express. And Cole Christian was a bit mm, TV more than pay-per-view feeling. This will be wild. This will be insane. The Bucks are awesome at constructing matches like this. Um, we'll try very hard to steal the show. But not the turn not for me just yet. Do you think they're going to have the visual win for Jungle Boy, maybe even tapping out Adam Cole, but the ref doesn't see it because they're all over the bloody place because false count anywhere? Possibly. If not Cole, one of the books, the snare trap getting put over as this devastating hold certainly doesn't hurt because you would expect him, uh, you would expect the, the end of the feud with Christian to end in that same way. Jungle Boy tapping out the, the older veteran with his deadly submission. So, yeah. 
CM Punk, Eddie Kingston's next on the docket. I mean, for, for something that got thrown together, and obviously not, you know, they planned this, but in our eyes, thrown together over the past couple of weeks, it's one of the hottest things on the show. Oh, it's like, I, I pity the thing that's going to follow this, because <laughs> it's the... It, it almost by their track record, the women's match, probably. Oh, yeah. It feels like the main event. Like, honestly, on a card that has got the payoff, the Hangman page, Kenny Omega payoff, this feels like it could have gone on last on another night. It's There is something magic in the air around um, Eddie Kingston right now. The Players' Tribune piece that dropped this week that had the world talking. Um, Eddie Kingston coming across, as he always does, like this perfectly conflicted babyface. A guy that you absolutely want to root for because of his mm. self-confessed issues rather than in spite of them. Um, I think... What started as Eddie Kingston skewing heel and very much losing his patience for CM Punk in that backstage interview where he knocked the mic out of Shivani's hand has now morphed a little bit into Kingston making us all take a look at CM Punk. And that I know you and everything that got said to him in the rampage back and forth before he tried to literally bite his head off. Everything was very much there to release CM Punk's smugness just a little bit, just a little bit. And the idea that Eddie Kingston can look at Punk and think, you know, different to me. If anything, I'm the more honest version of you. Like, just because I don't diet as well and just because I don't need the big flashy entrance and the people to cheer my name, you know, I've not got your vanity, Punk. I'm mm. realer than you can ever be. Punk's going to hate that. He's going to absolutely hate that. And he's going to beat him by being a bit of a dick. I can't work out what it is that's going to make you feel a little bit icky about CM Punk's win here, but they're going to do it. Whether or not it's a... Because um, Punk uh, Kingston never submits in a way that he feels is a submission. He went out to Moxley. Um, Danielson turned his lights out as he was flipping him the bird. <laughs> you know, like in, in Kingston's mind, they don't count as submission holds. So if Punk's beating him with the Anaconda Vice, there's got to be an element of cruelty to it. There's got to be something where um, Kingston gets the ropes and then Punk rolls the pair of them and pulls him back into the middle of the ring and Kingston passes out. And the feeling is, I got the ropes, mate. You dick. Yeah. I got the ropes and you pulled me back. Or if it's a go to sleep, it's going to come. Punk's going to have to take it like attack him from behind unexpectedly from Kingston getting a two count and Punk getting his foot on the rope and Kingston being a bit like annoyed with the referee, losing his concentration for a second and Punk being wily and taking advantage. There is a, there's a finish that I haven't yet thought of that is going to position CM Punk as a slight prick. And it's situational. It doesn't have to be a Punk heel turn, not by a long shot, no. but it's part of this CM Punk story. He's fighting the young guys and he's doing it, he's almost doing it the old-fashioned way against Eddie Kingston. They've they know each other too well, and Punk's going to sort of prove that. Oh, but he's going to prove Kingston right. Yeah, we're right. I'm a bit of an arsehole, so nobody's here to see me, is it? But Kingston, I'm an arsehole with zero losses. Yeah, Kingston was Taz, but in a way that deeply affected Punk. Punk, when he came out and said, "Our oh, team Taz, you're trying to spoil the party," like you, you like Taz called out Punk and said, oh, "I don't like you being here because he's a miserable bastard." Eddie Kingston did it to play on CM Punk's insecurities that the locker room really doesn't like having him here. So this will be the night that's like, oh, you don't like me being here, do you, locker room? Well, I'm going to show you what I'm going to do to him, and then what are you going to do about it? And he's going to get backstage, and in my head, in canon, in kayfabe, it's going to be like, oh, yeah, great job, Punk. Nice one, getting the polite applause. He's going to be like, I know what you're fucking thinking. Man. Yeah. I'll do that again when I have to. Yeah, I completely agree. It's a bit like when you, a mate of yours meets, I don't know, someone off the telly, and you think, oh, they're, it's, it's so lovely when they're on yeah. the one show ever, and you're like... Yeah, they were an arsehole to me. I just mm. asked for a photo in a restaurant or whatever, and they told me to piss off. Yeah, it's that's the thing—the mask that slipped. I don't think that you know—it's generally that true. But 
there's an element of, you know, that's to be the best bit of it all. I think you might be right. I think maybe if it's not some sort of, uh, exactly, uh, sort of bending of the rules rather than breaking the rules, maybe it's just as simple as, because Kingston likes that spinning back fist, doesn't he? He does. And that's a very easy ref bump right there. Mm-hmm. Punk ducks underneath it. Referee gets clocked. And then, yeah, he capitalizes, let's Something say. along the lines of the, the Roman Reigns low blow that's not technically a low blow type thing. Exactly. Ah, like, oh, never mind. On we go, you know. I didn't realize. Yeah. <laughs> um, right, let's talk about the Pillars match, as was pre- previewed in the rap. Darby Allen versus MJF. MJF never lost a singles match, <laughs> of course. Moxley doesn't count. He uses the paradigm shift. That wasn't allowed. And uh, Chris Jericho on some bollocks about the ref. So, uh, how does MJF win this one? <laughs> I think this is the hardest to call on the whole card. Not for me. I... Better, better wrestler. He's <laughs> in his head. And Darby <laughs> Allen. Uh, I, I don't know why I want to say this, but he's mid for me. Little mid dweeb. <laughs> Only done half your face paint. What's that about, Darby? What are you trying to say? Um, no. I think Sting's getting F10. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, I wish that had already happened now you said it. Um, I don't know about this one. I, like, I say, whisper it. I don't think the build's lived up to expectations. Um, that's not to say the match won't, but they've not. I don't think they've quite succeeded in the ambition of that very first promo um, MJF cut where he said, where he tried to get into Darby Allen's head and Darby Allen was like, no, it doesn't work. I'm, never, I, I'm not sure. Because if you think about it after that, it was quite detached. Remember those masked strangers beat up Darby Allen? I'm worried about them interfering in this. Yeah, match. they've never gone back to that, have they? That that device, like, and we don't know. Half retribution was sacked, so they probably just find a new home in wrestling. That was never dealt with. So that, that, very odd of AEW to leave those loose mm. threads hanging. They don't normally do that with the storytelling. Slap dash, um, slap jacks. <laughs> no, it's. But I think the match will deliver. Ultimately, I, I cannot pick a winner. It's. I look at this. The thing about them being pillars is that it makes you look at the big picture of AEW. It makes you look outward from the feud itself. And if you're looking at wins and losses in that regard, can Darby Allen afford this after losing to CM Punk? Is this a strategy? Should he lose to MJF here? Does it become Darby Allen thought he had it in big matches because he finally beat Cody? But it turns out that maybe he's not quite there yet. He was winning his big matches with Sting, but he can't do it on his own. Like, is that mm-hmm. a story that you tell as, a, as the beginning of Darby Allen's own sort of redemption arc, I guess, that maybe takes him to the title match. Similarly, MJF, uh, he didn't lose a lot to Jericho, but it felt like he was losing all the time. felt mm. like the pinnacle role lo- were losing all the time, and they weren't. But can he afford to lose a big program here? I'm, I'm not so sure. There's a lot of people that have assumed that if and when Hangman Page gets over his first hurdle as champion, which I guess we will get to, um, it... it MJF will be the guy to take the belt off him, and in fairly short order as well. So is it wise right now to be having MJF lose uh, a very significant match? Because then what you've got to work on is, and they can, they can reheat him super easy, but work on reheating him when ideally you want to be lining him up to challenge for a title. I'm going to go with MJF, because the more I've spoke about this, and I don't really like Darby Allen, but the more we spoke about this, the more I think that they'll enjoy retelling the Darby can't win the big one story. Yeah, they did that really effectively with Cody, super effectively. Um, but winning the big one now has advanced beyond beating Cody for the TNT title. It's getting yourself into the number one contender's position and against both CM Punk and MJF, kind of failed. It also is yet another thing um, that pulls CM Punk and MJF 
narratively closer together. Darby Allen's last two pro high profile yeah. defeats. So in terms of biggest picture stuff, I'll go with MJF. I'm biased. I'm obviously going to pick my best friend, MJF. Um, but I do think there is a bigger story, like you say, to be told here. Uh, I completely agree. I think uh, it should be Hangman Page versus MJF at Revolution. And I think MJF should take the title off him there. And you can have a big Hangman Page title defense on. I want to say winter is coming, but I realize winter is coming last year was like early December. So if they haven't announced it yet, but... They've got the big move in January as well. Yeah, exactly. Like, so it's so big, big shows, yeah, like that. Um, uh, same for me, sort of booking potentially a turn between Christian and... Well, Christian's turn on Jungle Boy or Jurassic Express, and then they have the Christian mm. Jungle Boy at uh, this... Uh, to be announced show big TV sort of, show they want a number four exactly yeah. mm -hmm. so I think you're going to have that and yeah you've got the Derby sort of downward spiral but also I think this is another chapter in the MJF and Wardlow story and I think the, the way that happens is Derby Allen has him beat because Derby Allen's going to be a title challenger when MJF's world champion yeah, and you want to tell this story like you say about him just always falling that little bit short and then you, it adds more of intrigue mm. to, to the world title match, whether it be on a pay-per-view or just a big TV special, whatever it is. I think Darby Allen's got him beat, and he's going to go for the, a huge coffin drop, maybe on Sting's shoulders on the top row, okay. whatever. And MJF ain't moving. He's out. But Wardlow reaches in and just pulls him closer to the turnbuckle. Darby Allen overshoots, and MJF recovers and wins the match. And I think you're right. I think right now we're on the swing up for MJF to become a world title contender. So I don't think he can lose on pay-per-view and then in my booking at least on the next pay-per-view mm -hmm. be the number one contender. As much as we've got a bloody another one number one contender match to come later on in the evening. Oh, there's a gazillion combinations of matches as usual. It's AEW. It's great for that. But yes, I, 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 most people seem to have got um, MJF positioned around the revolution time period. So yeah, it does feel to me now that you've kind of got to give him Something that feels memorable. A win that feels memorable. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. 
Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Right, lots more to discuss. Title matches, street fights, number one contenders matches as well. Uh, So let's talk about the tag team titles. The AEW World Tag Team Championships are on the line. It's the Lucha Bros versus FTR. What have you made of the the build to this? Uh, How we got here and the result of this match? Drab. Dry. Really disappointing. Um, It's... And I've remained consistent on this. If you go back and listen to any of the podcasts, I've said it every time and I'm going to repeat it here. For all that I don't think they've done anywhere near a good enough job to make you care about the build... I kind of think this might try and steal the show. <laughs> I think this, like, you look at this card, I think this is one of the sleeper hits of the night. Yeah. Um, the Lucha Brothers are, it's it's really unfortunate how marginalised they've been. And I, like, there's a there's a criticism about AEW at the moment that generates some quite ugly discourse. So I want to be careful how I approach this. But there has been discussion that uh, there's not enough diversity across the card. Um some people will out and out call the booking racist. And I, like, it's again, it gets, I feel heavy even talking about this because mm. I don't even feel in the best position to discuss it, to be honest. But I think one of the areas where they just need to, shall we say, just look a little bit more is in addressing wrestling's historic problem. I think with, you're right. With booking non-American talents, especially in high-profile roles as champions. The Lucha Brothers haven't felt anywhere near profiled as champions, let's remember, the top of their division, as the Young Bucks did. And I don't want to make the direct comparison that a lot of people have made on Twitter, because I think there's a multitude of reasons. But one of them might be a lack of faith in the Lucha Brothers as promos. Like, who really are the Lucha Brothers? We don't know. We know they're great wrestlers. We know that Penta is dangerous and Phoenix will risk his life to pop the boys. And the real star of the team is Alex Abrahant. <laughs> Which, again, is less than ideal. But... um well... well. A dancing fool coming out with the two actual genius pro wrestlers. A fool? He wears those gloves. <laughs> right. He got a shiny the other week, so... <laughs> Thank you for bringing so much needed levity to this conversation. <laughs> yeah, um, I expect them to win, but it's got to be more than that. It's got to be... I mean, the match will... This is what I mean. I think the match is going to bang, and I think this is almost... I'm almost approaching this like a WWE thing. I'm trusting the workers because I've kind of lost a bit of trust for the process here. Um, they don't feel like credible tag team champions. And typically, you would look at that and think, just flip the belts onto FTR because you kind of you feel like they're in safe hands with, it, with FTR. But that's not the point. Book the Lucha Brothers like safe hands. Make this a restart. Have them win this awesome match and then take it forward from here. Give FTR's next, sorry, Lucha Brothers' next storyline some real juice. Make it count. Make it worthwhile. Make it useful on television. Like, if you think about it, the Lucha Brothers were embroiled in some weird stuff with Andrade. Andrade's had this loose connection to the pinnacle, you know, and paying off FTR to do some dirty work with him. It's just fluff and nonsense, and it doesn't feel character-driven, and it doesn't feel like the hostilities don't feel real. I didn't even hate the 
frog stuff that much, but it's just it's fluff and nonsense stuff in it. The match is going to be way better oh, than yeah. the story's given it any right for on the night. And I just make this where the cage match wasn't make this the start of the reign proper. I think FTR uh, leave us champions. Oh no! In I mean, my booking, the match could be great as well. But. It's going to be like you say. I agree. Well, it's either going to be a sensational match or. It's going to be one that has so much potential to be a great match. Mm. Uh, and we've seen, I remember hearing Cornette talk about the fact, stop booking FTR with bloody luchadors because it's, you know, they don't mix necessarily. Mm. And I can get where he's coming from because, the, you know, there have been moments, not just with uh, the team that they faced the other week. I've completely forgotten the name of the I, that, tag titles. Yes. That was all that a big was. mess. And we've had elements of what look I know it's like it's all a bit of a schmoz anyway because they've someone's run in or someone's attacked mm. from behind but there's always been a sense of hesitation so I'm cautiously optimistic about this one but yeah I think I think FTR <laughs> win the tag titles but again this is maybe me sort of WWE braining it a bit and what I mean by that is I booked this because I'm looking at the next pay-per-view but the next pay-per-view is in what three months yeah it's a while away so yeah. in theory you know bloody uh, Marco Stunt, if booked correctly, could be a number one contender yeah. by that time. Mm-hmm. So anything could happen. But in my head, at Revolution, I've got FTR versus Proud and Powerful. Okay. Because right, I think yeah. they, uh, you know, far too long have been waiting to mm-hmm. ascend into the world type. Well, I'm basically looking for another, uh, for a babyface tag team to face FTR. Yeah. My issue, of course, there would be probably if you ask me, oh, who wins that? I'm hot potato in the tag team titles because <laughs> yeah. they've just been lost by the book. Well, not just, but, you know, the, the books lost them. Lucha Bros lose them on their first t- uh, pay-per-view defense. So do FTR or whatever. But who knows? Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe that's not the case. But I think... Because what's going on? Can you? I'm not sure. I'm sorry to put you on the spot if, if you're not aware about this. What's going on with the AAA tag titles? Um, FTR have got them. FTR are defending them. Yes. like that's I more than do, more than just a gimmick. Just uh, to double check that wasn't no, that yeah. the last they, couple of days. They've got a title defense announced. It's it's all, really in truth what it is. It's forbidden door stuff. It's wrestlers going elsewhere to wrestle. It's more than they're not props basically. Which I think when they won them. That felt, because, I mean, it was such a trivial way to win the belts. That felt like what they were going to be there for. If anything, this, I assume that this would play as title for title. And that would have added a bit of yeah, heat yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah. And instead, it's like, no, yeah, FTR are going to go and... That sort of factors into my booking then, because I uh, I don't know who they're facing and their next defence. I can't remember. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, they defend remember. them, because mm. they're facing the Lucha Bros, the AAA tag titles, after this. Because I'm ending up with the Lucha Bros having belts. It's just not the AEW ones. Oh, okay. So I think here... Um, well, first of all, obviously, uh, Alex Abranez is going to Canadian destroy Tully Blanchard. <laughs> yes. been saying that for a while. I'll go for that. Um, and I think, I just, FDR make shenanigans fun again. Mm. Having been just burnt out in WWE, they're just sort of, oh, you sneaky little bastards. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going back to an old trope that we've seen quite a lot. Mask stuff. And mm. by that, I don't mean FTR are wearing masks. I saw the terror rip across your face <laughs> there. There is some mask-related incident. I remember the one where they tied... Was it FTR who tied him to the top rope? Was it the Butcher and the Blade? Maybe Butcher and the Blade, that's right. And then right, he had a yeah. second mask. That yeah. was it. That was awesome. So something akin to that, mm-hmm. which basically leads to them being able to pull out the big rig and get the victory. And then for the AAA tag titles, you have titles... Versus masks, hmm. and if uh, we want to, we want to be tag team champions. Oh, you're not fighting for the tag team title. Sorry, lost them. No chance at them. 
well, you know, well, these other belts, yeah, they're more your sort of belts. But if you lose, you both have to unmask. Ooh. See, so, yeah, I see you got my Swiss title. Yeah, I like that. Well, see, I had one spot prediction for the match um, that you reminded me of when you were talking about that there. Cash Wheeler goes for his springboard 450 that he missed against the Young Bucks, <laughs> but he hits it this time, and it only gets two. And the implication is he's finally hit it, but they're better than the Young Bucks. are better than the Young Bucks. Ray Phoenix has got more in him than the Young Bucks. He doesn't have to dodge it. He can take it and survive it because you don't do my moves, pal. I'm the high flyer around here. Popping up like Kenny Omega getting hit with the, uh, what was it, the golden trigger? No, what am I thinking? Oh, yeah, the one count off the, yes, off the golden trigger. Yeah. Uh, right, well, that's the one we're going to differ on. One I sense we're probably going to agree on comes next. The Minneapolis Street Fight is the inner circle. Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, Sammy Guevara, Santana and Ortiz versus Men of the Year, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, and three members of American top team, JDS, Junior Dos Santos, Andre Orlovsky, and Dan Lambert. And they stood tall on Dynamite. They did. And let this be, I guess, a celebration of a really successful Dan Lambert run. I don't know if this is the end um, I certainly hope it's not. I've said this for a while. I think Dan Lambert is the guy that you put with Cody. <laughs> I think they would be awesome Ooh, together. Oh, yeah. I think they would be absolutely awesome together. Maybe Arn helps FTR win so we can get him on, out of that picture. Oh, there, yeah. yeah. Um, I, like, I love Dan Lambert, and I hope he sticks around, but this is a hell of a way to write the character off. This was just a nice fleeting romance between Lambert and AEW. Um, should be fun. Has to be separate from the the trios match um, yeah. with the super click. Another match, this was the third of three that I could see going on first because you get the big Judas sing-along, you get the big happy sort of, and then, uh, and next up, the women's title. Um, <laughs> speaking of women, one thing I do hope that occurs in this match is that Paige Van Zandt floors people. Like, just have it, like, hitting some fast punches on Chris Jericho or something like that. Like, something that just presents her as the real threat of American Top Team all along because I think she's been such a standout performer in this program. I think she deserves deserves an awful lot of credit for lining up Chris Jericho, written down to say, couldn't write that. You literally did, Chris. We had a 10-minute segment on it. Um, How much me and Cedric absolutely despised that. I think she was pretty awesome to allow herself to be put in that position. Not that she would have had a say in it because who's going to say no to like a locker room leader when you're new to this sort of thing? Um, but I just feel like she's got oodles of star potential, but American top team can't win. So you give her <laughs> some sort of shine in the match. Um, what I would do, if I'm fantasy booking, is I would give her the shine, and then I would have somebody run her off. Mm-hmm. Thunder Rose has had loose association with Sammy Guevara before through Sammy's vlog. Have Thunder Rose be the one to run Paige Van Zandt off. You've actually created a splinter angle. I've got, I've got the, I can help you out here, by the way, because Thunder Rose is busy on the, the kickoff. Go on, then. Pammy's hitting the 6.30. Perfect. Great. Yes. Brilliant. Pammy Pami Guevara herself. In the um, dress that she, the really flowing <laughs> yeah, dress. that she wore in to propose, yeah. Is that 6.30? I don't know. I, couldn't, I genuinely couldn't see where she was in all of this. I, I'll take that. Um, and then everyone hits the finisher on Dan Lambert. The obvious conclusion is a Judas effect to finish. And then the he screams in pain, the walls of Jericho. The bastard crap from Florida Championship Wrestling 1975. <laughs> and he screams for his life in that. Personally... I think, why not make a, maximize a few more minutes here and have Sammy be the one to get the win and get the shine? Because when he was entrusted with carrying some of those segments, he didn't carry them very well. Um, this has been the Jericho Lambert show, but you have an opportunity here, considering that Sammy's not defending the belt, to give him something akin to the end of Stadium Stampede. Yeah. Where you didn't see that all along this was actually going to be about Sammy having a big night. 
Jericho's fucking off soon, please. Like, if we're at all. So, at some point, the inner circle don't have to split, but they do need to splinter. As you've said about Proud and Powerful, get to business. Get on with things. Mm. You're too good for this. Jake Hager can, I, I don't know, to be honest, sit there and wait for Jericho to come back. Can they film vignettes where he's in the car park? <laughs> I'm just here waiting for Chris. He's on tour with her, Fazzy. Yep, just waiting for Chris. <laughs> um, and I'd like Sammy to get the shot. And I sense this will be Judas Effect, followed by Walls of Jericho after everybody else has hit the finisher on, on Big Dirty Dam. Yeah, I've got to agree with you on that one. Uh, in case you're wondering, by the way, uh, wait a second, where on earth is Jorge Masvidal in all this? Why on earth isn't he involved in it? He's fighting. He's fighting, he's fighting. in less than a month's time. Yeah. Uh, he's fighting Leon Edwards at UFC 269. Uh, hell of a card, by the way. Not to get off topic. Here. <laughs> UFC 269 looks absolutely mint. Um, so Two, yes, 269. Yes, nice, nice. <laughs> so maybe he makes an appearance, but I would bet my house on him not doing anything too physical mm. because this fight with Leon Edwards has got a bit of beef to it. Effectively, in case you're wondering, I've got a complete tangent now. What was the starting point for this Jorge Masvidal character that came out of nowhere? Because wasn't he fighting in the UFC for ages? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a backstage fight with Leon Edwards oh, cool. after they both fought, I believe, at, a, at one of the UFCs many, many moons ago. Uh, and he came up with the iconic line. I gave him the three-piece three, three piece for the soda, which is where he just, like, cheap-shot him three times and ran away. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> and then he was like, oh, I'm going to start baptizing fools. He ended Ben Askren's career with that knee, won the BMF title, et cetera, et cetera. Here we are. So maybe Jorge's going to do some more stuff down the line, and maybe the beauty of him not being in this match allows for that. Yeah. I think you're right. I'm just trying to pair people off in my head. You obviously put JDS, Junior Dos Santos, with uh, Jake Hager. I think uh, I'm pairing the, the, the tag teams off, mm-hmm. uh, especially because I just want Santana and Ortiz to be shown as the great tag team that they are and the fact that they should be number one contenders yeah. by the time Revolution mm-hmm. rolls around. Um, and as a result, I sort of <laughs> go, well, Sammy and Andre... That, there you go. <laughs> that's going to be a bit of a size discrepancy, but that's a fun story to tell. Mm-hmm. And if all you're doing is having Andre Olovsky bump, hopefully that should be easier than when you try to get Junior Dos Santos to do working punches, etc. So I think, yeah, you're right. I think Jericho and Dan Lambert factor into the finish and, and, and then no one gets harmed. Not that it matters, but I don't think you want to... I don't think you're going to... No one's going to be like, oh, yeah, who'd lost to the, the, the team of five? One of the two UFC fighters or cage fighters. I don't think it's that, and I can't. I can't sanction a loss for Ethan Page or Scorpio Sky. So it has to be Dan Lambert in my book. In defence of all the guys involved here, the miniature version of the match on Rampage a few weeks ago was pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty heated. Nothing went disastrously wrong with, with the UFC guys. So yeah, this really with bells and whistles and on a pay per view and with kind of Chris Jericho directing traffic. I, I don't have a lot of it. I'd like. I have no worries about this. Um, I just, I'm not, I'm kind of good with it, you know? Like, yeah. it's, it's pay it off, be done with it. It's reached its peak, which is nice. So, yeah, no complaints. Slight issue. Mm-hmm. Just looking, going, oh, yeah, so excited for UFC 269. Uh, Jorge Masvidal's injured. He's not He's not going to be fighting. Oh. So, I don't think he's going to be doing anything anyway. Ah. But right. if he's injured, he's definitely not doing anything no, no. Uh, at the event. I hope he didn't get injured doing something practicing with AEW. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I th- well... No word on it, but I think we'd have probably heard from Dana White if that had been the case. <laughs> I can only imagine what he yeah. would have said about. Anyway, uh, let's talk about the AW World Championship Eliminator Tournament final. Winner, of course, receiving a title shot down the line. Uh, this obviously was meant to be Brian Danielson versus John Moxley. We still wish John Moxley 
uh, well in his recovery. Our thoughts are, of course, with him. All of us here at What Culture, yes. uh, incredible, brave move. What he did, the right thing to do. Uh, and if you're going through something similar, please do uh, reach out, seek help, talk to someone about it because uh, there's no shame in it, as Moxley has proven. Anyway, you're right. You're right. Brian Danielson, Miro. Normally, you'd go, oh, they've hoid in X to replace the person. So obviously, the other guy who was always going to be in it automatically wins. Talk about a wild card in Miro. Like a wild card, but it was as if it was a card they were keeping just in case they needed to play it. Mm -hmm. The whole deal, Miro in his... I was fuming when he wasn't in this tournament. Well, Miro in his dark... I assumed that all that stuff he was saying about, I've lost a title, I need a title. The Like, I, I thought he was a lock for being in this bracket. And then you have to wonder what the play was with him long-term about I can't go home to Lana until I've got a belt again. And I feel so ashamed because I've lost my TNT title. This couldn't have been more perfectly placed for Miro to be our replacement, you know? Um, and now we're here. I'm going to stick... Well, so I was thinking about this on the way into work this morning, right? So all along, when the brackets were announced, I was like, well, this is Moxley's tournament. He beats Danielson in this epic. It's a cool first loss for Danielson to take. And then Moxley is a perfect opponent for Paige because I always loved the idea of Moxley losing and finally having no excuse. Mm. Like, all this time, the anger was as a result of something. And then it's like, you can't really be angry anymore, John. You had your shot and you lost. And then it's like, well, now I'm angry because I'm a prick. <laughs> like, and that's, that's what finally confirms the turn. You know, yeah. I, I loved that as a story. Um, and obviously that can have to wait and may, maybe he's unturnable now. I don't know. That's like that's a different conversation for a different podcast. But Miro, as a result, you can pretty much tell that exact same story. Miro is like, well, sorry, Hangman, but this is my destiny, mate. Like, I've been talking to my gods, and as he said with the, the Brian thing, like, I know you have a wife and child at home, but I have a family too, and my family needs me. My family is only one woman, but she hasn't seen me for several months because I've been in solitude waiting for this very moment, so I've got to take your title. Um... I love that story just as much. And then this morning, I was thinking about how well a Danielson win on the undercard would drive the tension in the main event. Because yes, Danielson versus Hangman Page would be cool. And one day will be cool. That match is going to rule one day. But if you throw Brian Danielson out as the number one contender an hour before Kenny Omega is set to defend his <laughs> title, and you are showing people the possibility of a Danielson-Omega rematch for the belt when the last one wasn't, it just... It heightens the tension even more so in the main event. You know, it, whatever it is that they're going to play with in the main event, that just whatever it is that they're going to do, and they will do it because they're artists, make you believe that, oh my God, Omega's going to beat him. Yeah. Imagine that with the dial turned up because Danielson is the number one contender and Danielson Omega. It's, they're showing you two matches here, aren't they? They're either showing you Miro Page or they're showing you Danielson Omega, where in reality Page is going to win the title, so it's winner versus Page. But the idea is that whoever wins shows you one specific mm. match. Miro winning in the mid-card shows you what you already know, which is that Hangman Page is going to beat Kenny Omega. Danielson winning makes you think, what happens when Kenny is? Page not going to kick out the one-wing danger. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, makes that two count if it is indeed a two. Um, all the more special. I'm going with Miro because I just feel like that's where the booking makes the most sense to me. But it's... Maybe tougher than that. I, I, this is uh, Michael Sidgwick. Uh, neither can afford to lose mm, yeah. for me this match, and I'm leaning towards Miro, but I have no idea 
By the way, if you're enjoying our t- discussions of AEW and you like Michael Sidgwick and his wonderful musings on it, you can that get your hands amazing. on his uh, his book. You can pre-order it right now, whatculture.bigcartel.com, Becoming All Elite. It's fantastic, the bits that I've seen. Uh, so go and get your hands on that right now. Uh, you can also order it as a bundle with his uh, NXT book. Go and check it out, whatculture.bigcartel.com. But yes, Brian Danielson, Miro, uh, how you... Hand Danielson his first loss is going to be very interesting. So I've just taken the coward's way out and said uh, Lana's going to kick him in the cock. <laughs> she makes a debut. And she's like, I've had enough time waiting at home yep. for Miro. So I've come out. Oh, you in the bollocks. We did say that when he was in the D's nuts feuds with Eddie Kingston, didn't we? The, the whole thing seemed primed for Lana kicking somebody in the dick. Yeah. So maybe maybe tonight is a nice. Maybe. But Bri- I want to see Brian being forced to kick his own head in a particularly bendy game over. And the spe- especially, yeah, the. Uh, a lot of neck stuff, obviously, mm-hmm. but also the multitude of submissions and pinfalls and, and finishes that he's already got over. Probably delve into this here because Miro's a monster, and it's one of those ones where you can give him something where you know he's an, on another level or he's got something beyond <laughs> normal human power. Mutilation doesn't work because you can't kill this brief. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly, uh, yeah. but I, I. I can't, and I won't call this one. Oh, cool. No, I will. I'll say Miro. Um, I was going to say, so he's got a neck of sand and yours is all brass, is it? <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but only because, yeah, I'm thinking of a January big show world title and... Miro and Page is pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if, at the same time, I'm thinking, oh, can Danielson afford to lose? But then, yeah, this is Brian Danielson. Yeah. Like... It, AEW is a um, competitive landscape and wins and losses make it feel that way. Like, if Brian Danielson goes undefeated, that's an awesome story. Like, undefeated en route to fighting for the title. It's really, really cool. But the point of wins and losses mattering is that both results can occur. And it's how you rebound. It's like, it's you treat that as a sports thing. It's how you rebound. You can win 20 on the bounce, and then you can go on a streak of so many defeats that you're losing one at home against Mansfield. Have I gone off on a tangent here? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I like, Danielson losing here... There's absolutely nothing wrong with him having a bit of a rethink. And what I love about when it is that Danielson starts eating a bit of defeat or suffering a little bit in AEW is when are we going to see the best heel to play top baby face? Yeah. Just stop playing quite as much. I think Punk's the one who's going to have the undefeated run. Yeah. He's going to feature in it as well because they're they're Mm -hmm. getting closer and closer to that. Yeah. You said it. It's my favourite match that AEW could book. It really is. Like it's Cody Rhodes... Coming out in that middle of the stage and not walking down the ramp, but sitting on it, is going to be fucking incredible. <laughs> not even no words. Cross-legged. Yeah. Like, comes out of his own entrance and he's cross-legged. Right. Uh, right, let's talk about the world title match for the AEW Women's World Title. Uh, Britt Baker defending against Tay Conti. Again, this feels uh, slightly more of a foregone conclusion than it probably should, but can Tay Conti be- beat Britt Baker? No. Oh, sorry, you want me to talk about uh, <laughs> a suspension of disbelief that I haven't got because I haven't told a good enough story? I won't do that. Um, it's not been good, this, has it? No. Um, real boilerplate stuff. Look, um, AW, uh, this is not going to be a women's division rant. This is going to be a addressing issue rant. AW have got awesome form with long-term storytelling. You know, this, yeah. pay, this pay-per-view is going to be evidence of that. Awesome form with it. And the long-term story they have told with Kenny Omega and Hangman Page, has at points resulted in a couple of Kenny's title matches, like not quite finding mm. that percentage of doubt. That's because fair. Because yeah. we've always known Page is going to be the guy, right? 
Um, they got there with the Christian Cage one, I thought. Just about. If Danielson had been fighting for the title, they would have had a believer out of anybody that Danielson could beat him. But for the most part, it's been like, this is pages to lose, right? Mm-hmm. So it's been really tough to... And that's why I'm saying this is not a women's division issue. Currently, Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa is the play, right? Everything Thunder Rosa does, frustratingly, doesn't get closer to Britt Baker. Britt Baker knows it. Britt Baker tries to avoid that conversation even coming up, let alone the match, the eventual rematch, where she's going to lose the title to Thunder Rosa. It's awesome. It's really, really good. Um, problem is, everything you do in the meantime has to be like given a lot of attention to fool people, in, to make believers out of people. Yes. You know, to make believers out of people that Britt Baker can be beaten by somebody else when Thunder Rosa is very clearly there and lined up and ready. They've not done that here. And what's worse is not only have they not done that here when you need to, they've not done that here anyway. Take on E is pretty great. It looks um, by you know, orders of magnitude better than the you know NXT also ran that she mm-hmm. once was. It looks like... Far more ready. She's got loads of fire. Yeah. Has constantly improved in the ring. Like, constantly. Her, like, her trajectory is a straight line pointing upwards steeply. Mm-hmm. Like, that's been a, like, her improvement rate, and it's been great to watch. But what the one thing they've not done is maybe the most important, which is make you believe she can beat her. Uh, like, the sixth woman on Dynamite was the exact sort of thing you would do um, to heat somebody up for the big match. You, like, put a load of shine on them and you make the champion feel frightened of the challenger and all that sort of stuff. But this is the company that doesn't patronize and condescend, and it continues to do that, unfortunately, in the women's division. One program, single-issue stuff, a feud over not that much, a series of tag matches, a predictable world title match. What I will say for Britt Baker, to be a bit more positive, um, is that she has shown a number of times now that she shines brightest when the pressure's on. And after the all-out title match, and to a lesser extent, the Ruby Soho Rampage defense. Uh, imperfect matches, but with real highs, real mm. moments of drama that you just didn't think that she'd be able to summon. So I want to give her the benefit of the doubt here that as a champion, what she is doing is like rising up to the pressure of a situation. She shouldn't be under that much pressure. They should just tell better stories. Yes. But... I think she'll do it again. I think this will this will hit a height that you're not ready for, but the result is not at all in doubt. Yeah, there will be a, a DDT where you think, oh my God. Mm-hmm. But I agree. Uh, Britt Baker retains and continues down that road, uh, which hopefully, as you say, has got Thunder Rosa at the end of it. Yep. But Thunder I, Road. Very nice. <laughs> uh, but I, uh, yeah, I wish they'd have done more with this, but I have no doubt that they'll, have a great match as well. Mm. Right, let's get to the main event. Um, Hangman Page finally taking on Kenny Omega for the world title. Hell of a road. The video a countdown, obviously. Uh, well, I've already gone oh, out, actually. I'm recording this on Friday. Obviously. Last night's countdown show, Will Bond. Oh, my word. What an edition of the countdown show that was. It was my favorite countdown since... Carol Vorderman left. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't believe Roman Reigns showed up on it. Fair play, actually. Like I didn't know that the door was swinging so wide open that Roman Reigns I didn't could realise that they changed the member from the American Top Team they wanted to Bobby Lashley. I know. I don't, like, what's going on? What is happening here? Is this a war or was it a conspiracy all along? But it is uh, a hell of a, like you say, two-year story mm. to get here. And, well, everyone except... Bully Ray, <laughs> Ray thinks he's going one way. Uh, are they right to think that? Will Hangman Page become world champion? Well, I can't offer anything new to the discourse, can I? 
It's Kenny Omega in 10. One winged angel. Fish, bash, bosh. Little grask in the corner. Get off. Bully's right. Like you gotta get this you gotta get his kid over. <laughs> you got like you gotta make him lose for two and a half, of course not. Um is the debate not Adam Page is gonna win the title, but is he gonna kick out the one winged yeah, angel? So I, I think that's question. the I think that's the conversation. I, like it's not about him winning because he is gonna win and it's gonna feel wonderful. It's about if they choose to do this. In my opinion, I don't think they should. Me neither. I think there is so much to leave on the table with that. So it's who eliminates Brock Lesnar from the Royal Rumble and who wins the Royal Rumble for me. You didn't need to give both of those things to Drew McIntyre. Yeah. Int- it was I, nice that they did, and it made him feel huge. An interesting comparison, that, yeah. Um, Michael Sidgwick has a, a book out, and I haven't read all of this yet, and I can't wait to, but we've talked enough about this over desks and over points because we're, <laughs> we're nerds. But this idea that Okada Omega won was was like the Big Bang. And there was a series of other bangs to follow, but that was the Big Bang of all of this. And uh, the whole story of that match was that um, it wasn't that Okada was going to kick out with the one-winged angel. It was that he wasn't going to get hit by it. And that put over Okada as being a mastermind. And that was how he beat Kenny Omega. Like, he didn't want to have to think about, have I got it in me to kick out? He thought, you're not hitting me with it. You are not doing it. His counter game was impeccable and unmatched. And he beat Kenny Omega. And that, if anything put the one-winged angel over to such an extent that the rematch was already booked by the end of it because you were thinking, well, I mean, he didn't get you with it, and he will do, and he'll beat you next time. And they like you want the rematch more. This is not WWE protection. You know, it wasn't sort of a Finn Balor-Roman Reigns thing of like, oh, if only he didn't get possessed by weird spirits and then the ropes fell down, he'd have beaten him. <laughs> this was if he'd hit him with his finisher, he would. It puts over the finisher in defeat, and I think that's what you do here. I think this is AEW's epic tale in the same way that that was the New Japan boom period's epic tale. And one day, Kenny Omega might hit Hangman Page with the one-winged angel, and Hangman Page might kick out. One day, he might hit somebody else with the one-winged angel, and that person might kick out. You know, you've you've got that to consider. You could save it for for somebody else. There has been... Marcus done on Dynamite. <laughs> of course. There has been discussion of um, Kazuchika Okada coming in. And, of course, everybody wants Omega Okada 5, as they absolutely should. It's going to rule. Um, so imagine there if you've still got the one-winged angel protected to use. Imagine, because he was brought up, unnamed, but brought up in the dynamite closing angle, the go-home angle with the contract signing, Kota Ibushi wasn't named, but he was referenced. Kota Ibushi is the only man to kick out of this move. So Hangman Page bringing him into the conversation adds a bit of credence to him being the one to kick out of it here. What if Ibushi is one day set for AEW, and it's Ibushi that kicks out again, and then in a sense you've still saved it, because it's like, nobody kicks out with the one-winged angel. Well, Bruce, doesn't. That's weird. But nobody else <laughs> kicks out with the one-winged angel. Like, there are... I just think you've done such an amazing job with everything else. Treat yourself to saving it. Have Hangman Page take the Okada route. Counter, 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 counter. Nobody, nobody, and if they do, they're a dick, is going to sit there on the little Google machines, on the Twitter machines. Hangman Page being carried off by the Dark Order, AW World Heavyweight Champion. He's got his friends... He's got his mental health, he's got his kid, he's got his life, he's got his title. And go, oh, should have kicked out the one with Nigel. <laughs> yeah, Nobody's going to do that. And I just, I think like if it's a rematch, if there are a million different ways that you go with Hangman Page as world champion. There are a million different ways you go with Kenny Omega as what's next for Kenny Omega. Like, 
it's not just leaving something in the chamber. It's leaving this awesome, incredible, could main event another pay-per-view thing in the chamber if yeah. you want to. Give them it if you want. This is the company that gives the people what they want. I'm not going to... And conversely, I'm not going to be the guy as Hangman Page is being carried off going, well, I shouldn't have given away the kick out. That's <laughs> awesome too. Yes. Like both, both things are awesome. I just want to take this awesome thing rather than the other awesome thing. As long as Hangman Page wins the title. Oh, Christ almighty Jesus Christ. What the hell are they doing if they give him... Yeah. Like, ooh, you got... The, ooh, I you know got, you've got Punk and you've got Danielson and you've got Cole, but... Just because uh, this sounds awful, I don't want to slag off them. Just because you've got these new kids on the block, these mm. new shiny new toys, don't neglect the one you've been building piece by piece by paying eight pound ninety nine a month in a magazine. There is a thing, right? And I'm going to say it now. It's not to will it into existence. I just want it said. Things always come in threes, don't they? Bad things always come in threes. Disasters and stuff. It's not. It's not a nice thing, but it's one of the things that we kind of. It's it's not even real, but it just it's proven enough times because you want it. It's like uh, what are those Taurus, Sagittarius horoscopes. Oh, bollocks! Kind of talk it into existence. Twenty twenty one did give us the exploding barbed wire death match catastrophe. It did give us Chris Jericho falling off a cage onto a bed. Oh, we, no. we are waiting for one <laughs> disaster. I don't think it's going to be Kenny Omega beating Hangman Page and everybody at the end of a big AEW thing that we've all been hyped and hyped and hyped for. It's going to be like. Ooh. <laughs> oh, please, it, no. It's not this. It's not this. But I'm just saying it now because it's been on my mind. that Like, could they? No, they couldn't. This is designed to make everybody watching sit, like look at other long-term stories and know that you'll get what you want in the end. This is going to be brilliant. This is going to be glorious. Hangman Page is going to defeat Kenny Omega for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. Don Callis is going to take a bookshot lariat, and that's going to be class. He's going to do a reverse one on the ramp. You know, they always have the ramp to the ring. Mm-hmm. Like, Kenny's going to be down. Callis is going to be flailing on their ramp. Come on, Kenny. And Hangman's going to take a run and do the bookshot lariat onto the ramp and take out Don Callis. It's going to be, it's going to knock his fucking head off. Like, head off. Okay, head off. And uh, he's going to win the AW World Heavyweight Championship. I agree he's going to win. Uh, final three things here for you, and then we'll wrap things up. Uh, do let us know your thoughts and predictions, by the way, at WhatCultureWWE on Twitter. And we'll be reviewing this on Monday. Uh, we are all just enjoying this show at mm-hmm. home. Uh, and then we'll be discussing it in detail on Monday. Three things. Number one, I like Don Callis booking, but my preference is uh, Hunter Horse Helmsley carries Don Callis away. Very good. Takes him out of the match. It, Hunter's not getting a V-trigger. That's not where this is going, is it? No. Oh, good. Sorry. Uh, the, the only genuine thing in the midst of these three is, I think the finish is him setting up for the one-wing angel and Hangman Page as he's being... Has been forced down to the usual thing, spots the ropes, grabs onto them. That's how he gets to the outside. That's how he then immediately flips in to hit the nice. finish. And number three, big celebration, obviously, afterwards. Everyone's going to be ecstatic. What a hell of a story. And he's been carried down, you know, through the. He's in the ring, everyone in the dark quarters there, everything, you know. And then John Silver carries him out on his shoulders on the ramp and fucking electric chairs in. How about you, prick? Look, just pull give him me some. Pull him back the curtain here. We're in a studio today where there's some other bits of work being done. And me and you had a bit of fun with a ladder before this recording. We climbed, we slow climbed it and pretended to hit each other and dive off. Wrestling is really frightening, by the way. Don't, <laughs> don't become a wrestler. And uh, you got so excited about electric chair. I was terrified that you were going to flail yourself backwards and crack your head open on this ladder. <laughs> it's like, out cold. Adam Wilborn isn't watching full gear because he's still concussed. 
<laughs> well, anyway, uh, let us know your thoughts ahead of the pay-per-view on Twitter. As I said, at WhatCultureWWE. You can can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Come on, Hangman. Get it done. At Michael Hamflet. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Come on, Maxwell, you get it done as well. <laughs> follow us all at What Culture WWE and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Uh, as I said, myself and both the Dadley Boys at Sidge will be back on Monday uh, to review this show in detail. Ooh. Enjoy full gear tonight. <sighs> Thanks for joining us. Oh, I'm, so, I'm sort of excited and nervous now. This has been the Full Gear Preview, and we will see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.